0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, I already know how it's going, but I'll ask you anyway for the sake of our intro. How's it going, sir? I still think that. The- Intro is a little too peppy for our actual movie. Oh, you want me to actually uh, try it again? Yes, redo it. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Walter. I me, as always, is Adam Kalal. And we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta sports natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Ah! <laughs> Adam, a good one, sir. That was a lot better. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, day after show, basically. Yeah. For those that may be listening to this 10 years in the future, um, today is January 16th, 2018, uh, three days after the devastating loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Divisional game. Better than losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only positive I got. Uh, today's going to be kind of a bitch-fest show, uh, for lack of a more PC, liberal term. Ooh, what, what would have been worse? So, what we did, losing to a, gay, go ahead. I mean, a good defensive yes, a, a Philly excellent team, defensive but team, but with Nick Foles at the helm yeah. in a very winnable game, or looking great last week, destroying Philly, beating Minnesota handily, and then getting back to the Super Bowl. Only to lose in the Super Bowl again, I guess I'd rather lose now than lose in the Super Bowl, yeah, that would have been a we really couldn't have handled that, yeah, I think if that happened, I would have to take a whole week off at of work and um, <laughs> probably find a good contractor for the wall you kicked out, yeah, uh, multiple yeah I would rather take I'd rather take that i think um i I saw one of the one of the greater uh, what happened to us is what I'm trying to say yeah for for as often as we kind of bitch about the social media sometimes mm-hmm. gives you some good content every now and then i saw a great one that uh jeff schultz retweeted from someone that said when i die i want two braves two hawks and two falcons to be my pallbearers so they can let me down one more time that's pretty appropriate that's <laughs> quality right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's the mood yeah, it's pretty somber today. It's um, probably not going to be a lot of hijinks. Probably going to be uh, like we're morticians after a guy's been shot 57 times and we're just wondering how it all happened. Or is it our job to bring some hijinks? It may be. We'll see how the show organically develops. Okay. Um, so for those of you that have been living under a rock, uh, we lost 15 to 10 to the Eagles. Um <clears throat> In a very winnable game, as Adam mentioned, Nick Foles was starting quarterback. We thought we could conjure up enough offense against a very good defensive team to uh, win the game. Score maybe 20 points. Hell, if we had scored 18 points, we'd but, um, I think we, points would we would have won. If we had scored 16 points, we would have won. Yeah, I mean, to only score 10 points, even though you're going up against a really tough team on the road. And we didn't score in the second half. And this is like a systemic problem. That has just plagued the Falcons for years in terms of not being able to score in the second half in playoff games sometimes. It just can't seem to fucking happen. Yeah, I expected some sort of uh, halftime adjustments. Yeah. because we uh, didn't look. A new game plan in the second half, maybe. That just never happened. Well, the thing that uh, befuddles me is that we— uh, Tevin Coleman had a hell of a game. Ten rushes for 79 yards. Why in God's name do we not feed him more? Every time we ran him to the outside, it's he like he's picking up eight, nine, ten yards, yeah. maybe more, uh, including that last drive. Uh, we'll get to that later. But it's but it, it it it's I can't even form a coherent thought at this point as to wanting to know the yeah. rationale behind why he wasn't used more in this football game. Who the hell knows, man? Um, part of the another big issue was he saw Devontae got shut down. Well, apparently, well, he the, was hurt a little bit. Yeah, apparently he's playing with a strain. PCL and MCL, but my question with the Devonte runs. I know he can't run outside every time, but why not try to run him outside too? It seemed like every time he got the ball, he was running to the teeth of the defense. Well, and it was right at Fletcher Cox, which is fucking moronic. Yeah, and the offensive line was just getting manhandled. Yeah, and it kind of there were. Who's out? Levitre was out. Levitre, so Schweitzer and Garland have been playing for a little bit now. But our number one concern coming into this year was the offensive line and not improving that more. Yeah. And kind of wasting an opportunity where you have a Super Bowl caliber defense and potentially a great offense, but the offensive line never fully put it together this year, and that really showed this in this game. Yeah, I agree with where, where they were putting out uh they started the game with an extra offensive lineman to just try to contain them and mm-hmm. they still couldn't. Yep. I mean, so that, that certainly does. For all the shit Sark has gotten, and I'm not gonna, you know, defend him too much, but having a bad offensive line, or having players that are not to snuff in terms of, you know, being on the offensive line, can really hurt you. We've seen that at center, with Mike Person and all those people that were playing center from 20 after Todd McClure retired. Mm-hmm. They were all terrible. Joe Holly, um, you know, that was awful. We we were just praying to God that someone could snap the ball to Matt Ryan without throwing it on the ground like it was some child's play thing. Basics. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I forgot about all that nonsense. Right. And so I really hope that the class this year in the draft is is good on the offensive <clears throat> line side, because we know this year, or last year, apparently it wasn't. And I'm wondering if that was the reason why we didn't really draft using our high draft picks for uh, offensive linemen, especially in the guard position. Um, but I really hope it is now because we sorely need help there, and we can't just draft someone in the sixth round and expect them to turn into an all-pro like we did with Schweitzer. I guess, you know, maybe that's being unfair, but I think Thomas has always been lacking in terms of using, you know, really fortifying the offensive line throughout his career, and I think he did that early on when it was a very run-based offense in the Mike Mullarkey era when we had Michael Turner, but I felt like after that he really got away from, fortifying the offensive line. The only reason we got Alex Mack is because we were compensating for that, which a lot of free agent signings are. It's like you suck so much in one position, we got to throw a shit ton of money and yeah. order to pay for somebody. I mean it's worked out and I love Alex Mack, Big but time. that's the reason why we did that, is because we couldn't do it in internally. Yeah. Um uh, a lot of different directions we can go with this. Do yeah. we want to analyze this game at all? I I really don't. I don't wanna get too much into that. I'm just it's just questions, right? Why not use um, Tevin Coleman more? He was killing them. And there is no answer. Yeah, they just weren't uh um, to show that balance that they had against the Rams. Yeah. I think another big missed opportunity was at the end of the uh, first half. It was a microcosm of um, where season's gone all year. Was we get uh, Nick Foles throws up a ball, and it's right to Keanu Neal. And it bounces off of him into Torrey Smith's hands, and that sets <sighs> him up for a field goal to yeah. to um, that hurt. You know, get within uh, one point. It was uh, like ten to six. That four yarder or something like yeah. that, something and, deep. And if that doesn't happen, and we pick the ball off, maybe we get a field goal, or at the very least, when we're driving down at the end of the game, we have a chance to kick a field goal to win it. Yeah, you, you could sense a little bit of momentum change with that field goal there at the end of the half. Yeah, that, that hurt. That, that one hurt us big time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I had a. I was talking to someone today at work who posed an interesting question with all the Sark shit Mm -hmm. and blaming of Sark. The question is why isn't Matt Ryan calling more of these plays? Or, like, if he gets into a shitty set like that play call at the end of the game, why isn't he getting aggressive and taking over and calling an audible? Well, you know, you see him. A lot of times I've noticed, especially in the playoffs, that he is changing plays at the line sometimes. You know, he's walking up to people and yelling at them, and, you know, I assume that's doing a hot route or doing an audible to some different play. Um, But, and so who knows how much he's actually doing or not doing. Yeah. Um, But that was supposed to be the whole thing with Sark coming in, was that it's Matt Ryan's offense. Yeah. And Sark is more of a play caller then OC, which is maybe a bad thing. I don't know, man. I don't know either. I, I think um, the offenses are Achilles' heel right now, which is so strange considering where we were this time a year ago. And I really think um, I have no confidence in Sarkeesian. Even if you get me some better offensive linemen, I think he has demonstrated he does not know how to call plays in the red zone. But we said the same shit about Shanahan after year one. I mean, yeah. I guess you can't give up on him. You give and him another year. That's why Sark's going to get another year. Because yeah. we, we can't have... For anyone who wants Sarkisian to leave or for us to cut Matt Ryan, um, on the latter part, you're a moron. On the first part, it's not happening. Because Dan Quinn has come out and said, I'm, Matt Ryan. I'm yeah. 100% uh, behind uh, Coach Sarkisian. So for yeah, anyone wanting You don't want him happen. having another first-year OC. The only guy I would take back... Who you mentioned earlier? Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey, who I believe was his first offensive coordinator. Yeah, he runs runs a kind of a slower offense than what we've been running the last few years, but yeah. There's some familiarity, yeah, and it's run heavy, and we have a good rushing attack. So I wouldn't be totally against it. That's not happening, though. But uh, yeah, it probably isn't, because I know Quinn doesn't want to do that, and Dan Quinn, I think, has built up enough clout and enough respect for his. You know, voice ultimately to be the, you know, especially in the coaching staff, he is the leading voice there. Um, I just can't handle just dumb play calling anymore. Be it Matt Ryan, be it Steve Sarkeesian, um, you gotta give Tevin Coleman the fucking football. You know, every and Julio, Julio had a good game, he had ten catches for 101 yards, but I want Tevin Coleman. And that when he got the ball on that play that got us like the 10 yard line, I was like. Give him the fucking ball again. I don't even when we got to the two yard line on fourth down, I was like, just give it to him on the outside, yeah, he's gonna fucking get in there because he's been doing that all game. I don't understand, I don't Idiotic. understand why we're forcing the ball to Julio in the red zone in the what in the most clutch situations when it like the stats don't lie. He's not our red zone option. So yeah. why the hell are we trying to cram it into his cram hole at the end of the game when the defense knows exactly what we're trying to do there. Yeah. And it hasn't proven it to be successful at all. Very true. Um, I understand the whole concept with give your best player the ball, but that doesn't work for us in the red zone. It's yeah. showed over the past few years. And I wonder if it's a thing with um, – I've been wondering this for a while. You know, Julio's banged up a lot. He doesn't practice all the time. I don't think he and Matt go out there and really practice red zone throws. It seems like every time Matt, like especially in that first play where was that fade to Julio um, – I was like, it just looked uncomfortable. Everybody looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Matt threw it kind of off his back foot. Julio, I don't know. It just didn't look right. Like those passes by Matt are never accurate. The last one was pretty close on the fourth down play, but yeah. most of the, like, it like seems like ninety percent of the time those throws are either over Julio's head or they're underthrown or they're in a position where he can't make a play. So it's like I don't think they practice it because. It's terrible. I'm sure they practice. Well, if it does, then they do a shitty job of it because (laughs) it never comes across as it never it's never executed. in the game, and you watch guys like you know Roethlisberger and Big Ben. I mean, Roethlisberger is Big Ben. Roethlisberger and uh, Antonio Brown. (laughs) You know, I I was watching. Oh my god! Yeah, some of those catches they made were absurd. Yeah, I was watching that game. You know, against um, the Jaguars. And it's like, oh, you found Antonio Brown for another touchdown on a fade. And it's like, like why the fuck can't we do that? That throw to Martavis Bryant in the end zone was also like a fourth and ten. I was like, our receivers are never making that catch. No, they're never getting that open, and they're never making that catch. It seems like every time we catch the ball, guys are all over us, and we don't get a lot of yak uh, yards after catch. And something's got to change with this offense because they are wholly incompetent right now. Would you ever consider trading Julio Jones for like four first-round picks? No. No? Julio's once a generation talent, and you don't get rid of a guy like that to me. Even though... The thought just crossed my mind for the first time ever. I was like, well, you never know. I'd want five. Five first-round picks? I want five first-round picks and a fourth-rounder. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just throw it in. Yeah. You have to make some absurd deal like that for me to be on board with that. Our offensive... You know, our receiver depth is poor at best right now, if you think about it. Sunu is solid. But after that, you got nothing. Gabriel is. Yeah,
1: re- Ga- Gabriel's Gabriel looking like
0: a one and done. Yeah, he has regressed tremendously. I don't know if that's a product of Sark's offense or not, but this offense, Matt and Sarkeesia need to go to Honolulu or somewhere. Couples retreat. Couples retreat and just hash it out, figure out something, watch game film. As if they don't do that. I'm like telling them what to do. But you know what I mean? Like they need to go and do something seriously over the offseason to recalibrate this offense. Like go down to Hampton and Hudson and get a couple beers together? Yeah. Get drunk. Call each other out. Say you're full of shit. No, you're full of shit. You can't throw an accurate pass. No, my receivers are dropping the ball. The receivers are another problem, right? Dropping passes all season. I mean, the whole offensive line is bad. Quarterback play was inconsistent. Receiver play was really inconsistent. And the play calling sucked at times. And the, and the running game can never fully get going because of the offensive line. And it seemed like Sarkeesian, once again, when we have our two backs, he cannot go with the hot hand. He has to give them equal touches, and this happened again, where both of them had 10 touches. Devontae had 10 touches for seven yards uh, rushing, and Coleman had 10 rushes for 79. He is a fucking idiot because he cannot understand who has the hot hand. Give that man the ball. Makes no sense. Yeah, I mean it's basic. Um, he's officially coming back as of this afternoon. Yeah, so I hope he figures it out and I can take back the fucking idiot remark. But so I I just don't. I it's it's maddening. It's maddening. We have to hold ourselves as a sports town to a higher standard. That kind of play is not acceptable. It is bullshit. We are better than that. The uh, two teams that are playing right now for the NFC title game are not better than we are. They may. Minnesota might be. They may be. They are the better teams this year, but they aren't as talented as we are. We should be. We should be better than how we're playing, especially on offense. Well, there's the Atlanta factor, Graham. I guess. I don't know. There's just like some weird pressure over the city now, especially after that Super Bowl. That's I mean, I, I can't go back to that Super Bowl. But that was your chance to do it, man. That really was. Like, especially getting— Because now you got to think, we got this young defense. But, yeah, a lot of them are going to have to get paid soon. So that's going to break up after another year or two. Hopefully you can keep that, that, drafting That well. defensive core is going to be together for another three years, maybe minus Poe. So, really, our window is starting to close starting next year. And we've really got to make hay. And it also brings up a lot of questions about what to do with— um, What's his name? Tevin Coleman. Right, because you signed free to that huge deal. Yeah. Um, so what do you do with Coleman? You try and trade him in the off season because he's uh, this is his last year. Do you let him write out his contract and just go somewhere else? Yeah, I think you take another run at it with both. I, I would too, because yeah, I think since I, old Brian Hill didn't work out. Yeah, I think if you get, um, it's all excited about that guy. I think you definitely draft him back in this year's draft in like the fourth round or something. But I. Um, What'd you think about the shovel pass to Tehran Ward? Well, that's another thing. What the <laughs> fuck is that guy even doing on the field in that situation? Third and goal, and you bring on your third. Like if that was the actual play, that is bullshit. That better been a broken play. I and the fact the play, that he's man. on the field is moronic. I think it is supposed idiotic. To be some trickery. It is stupid. The fact that he was even on the fucking field to begin with. It's not like Tevin Coleman is gasping for air. Trickery. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. It is bullshit. Um, anyway, so look at bigger picture here now. Um, well, hey, let's mention some good news. That Saints game was amazing. Oh, yeah. The Saints losing instantly made me feel a little bit better. They're up... By a point with 10 seconds left. Like, that's... With, like, with the Vikings have the ball on their own 30 or something. That is hard. At least, like, our loss was just, like, a slow bleed, and you could feel it coming. Yeah. But to lose like that and just get the victory snatched from your hands like that, was oh, was amazing. Yeah. Good, good for Minnesota. Yeah. I, like I, I kind of hope... That's, that's a fan base that deserves... They do. ...something. And, uh... Unlike I, those... Dirty, oh, dirty Saints fans. Yeah, those bastards. I love the city of New Orleans, but goddamn I hate the Saints. And was, did you see uh, what's his name? Uh, Sean Payton doing the skull chant. I heard he did to, that. To uh, dude, he he's a classless. He, he legitimately does do some like those challenges he had oh, that, that was were like terrible. so clearly. He lost two timeouts and in, in a matter of like two minutes. Yeah, like it was great. It was. I think you had mentioned something about how terrible his in-game uh, performances. And that proved to be true. Yeah. And uh, so that was beautiful. I remember when Diggs caught that ball, I was like, oh, great. They can get a field goal. Go out of bounds, you fool. And I was like, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you still running? And then I was like, oh, my God. The Saints have such shitty defense. Yeah. They have no safety back there. Good for Case Keenum. I kind of I like I kinda that guy ever since uh, Hard Knocks last year mm. with the Rams mm-hmm. and Jeff Fisher. Seemed like a good guy. Yeah. Undrafted. Yeah. It's been a hell of a story for Minnesota this year. Too yeah. yeah. bad we're not a Minnesota sports podcast right now. So – Yeah, so it's three teams that I don't think have ever won a Super Bowl plus the Patriots. What are the odds the Patriots win it again? It's pretty high. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Patriots roll on the Jaguars, and I think the Vikings get it done. I think the Vikings go on the road and get it done, and then they host the Super Bowl Bowl at home. That would be just so horrible. That's what I think is going to happen. I was talking with Jared, who's our friend who's a Patriots fan, Um, and – should we say a friend, despite being a Patriots fan? Yes. Is that the best way to put That's it? That's probably the best way to put it. Um, but I told him, I, I said, "Spin Zone, you should envy me and you as Falcons fans." Because, and he's admitted this. He's to the point now where like championships don't matter. Yeah. Well, he was talking about how like regular season games definitely don't matter, and he's like tired of Pats fans that like like he's watched us like we win a a week. Five game against the Jets that we almost lost, and we're yes. just so stoked You're to like, win yeah! a regular season game, <laughs> and like we're on top of the world, and Patriots fans haven't had that feeling in 10 years. So if they win the Super Bowl this year, it's it's not mad, but it's not like people are getting on their knees and crying. Right, they're not going to go, you know, run through the streets naked or anything. Yeah, like, couches aren't getting lit on fire, the right. city's not shutting down, it's yeah. just business as usual. A horse isn't getting punched in the face, that's what happened after the Eagles won the game. That's- some somebody punched a police horse in the face. That's messed up. It is shit. horrible. What the hell? Yeah, that's just another thing that wouldn't happen. In, yeah, in, no, in no. So they they don't care anymore. It's right. just like another day in the office. There's a versus uh, us. If we if we ever get one, we're gonna lose our damn minds. Oh uh, yeah, people are gonna. Someone might die from just shock. Yeah, like literally. I think you will die from shock. I probably would. <laughs> Which would be fine. So we got that going like, for like us. I've told, uh, we got that. I've told my friend Joseph before at, at work. Uh, he was also a huge Falcons fan. We should have him on the show sometimes. Um, but he, you know, I, I said, you know, if we ever won the Super Bowl, someone could just like 10 minutes after walk up to me and shoot me in the face and I'd be fine with it. I'd just be like, great, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like you can take me out. I've, I've seen what I needed to see. He lived a long, meaningful life. The Falcons won the Super Bowl and he died. Right. What would be even worse would be if I had blacked out, drunk, and not remembered it, and then gotten shot in the face. Uh, eh. At least it happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's been a pretty shit week for Atlanta sports yeah. uh, for those Bulldogs fan, Yeah, at least they they got the double. Because, you know, there's plenty of diehard Bulldog and Falcons oh, fans. Oh, yeah, overlap. Dealing with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, the Hawks beat the Spurs on Monday, though. They Woo. Did. Yeah. I want to lose every game to make sure we stay in that lottery. Oh, sure, but but it's still nice to be the Spurs. I would um, some some key offseason decisions to be made for the Falcons. You got Claiborne. You bring back Claiborne. I'm not paying him a buttload of money. I'll pay him two million dollars. Yeah, that works for a one year deal. That's six-game sack he'll use as leverage, but that's an aberration. That's an anomaly. <laughs> I picture you like sitting in like Thomas's, Thomas Dimitrov's desk. Mm-hmm. Claiborne walks in. You kind of shrug your shoulders a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you $2 million for one year. Okay. <laughs> if he wants go, he's a good depth piece, but I don't, I don't want to overpay no, yeah, Yeah, don't, don't overpay. Uh, Don Terry Poe. He really I, showed up at I'd, the end I'd of the like season. To, I'd like to have him back. I'd like to keep him, too. Um, he's probably gonna demand too much money, though. I guess he realized about halfway through the season it's a contract year. Uh, Matt Bryant, give him like a five-year contract. Yeah, make him kick to he's fifty. Yeah, I give him whatever he fucking wants, man. That guy. And he also said his uh, per his wife uh, has said that he does not want to retire. Wants to play two or three more years. And he wants to do it with the Falcons. So let's make that happen. Yep, that's the need. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, that is an absolute no-brainer until he starts fucking up. You know. There's no reason to even contemplate bringing in someone else. There's not exactly any signs of him slowing down. No, not at all. He's still just doing his thing. Yeah. Um, Can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Tevin Coleman. What are you doing? Wait till next year. Yeah. See where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. The other positive, all right, so I don't think this is a team on the decline yet. No. We're the only NFC team that made the playoffs. In back last to back years, back to back years. We won back to back playoff games. Um, we're not a we're we're an offensive fix, you know, a cohesive offense away from challenging for a championship. The fact that we got to where we got to with a mostly incompetent offense that couldn't score, only scored over twenty points like twice in the last six weeks is pretty yeah. incredible. Like if you think about the struggle that the Falcons went through all year and how poorly they played, I can never put you know together a complete game. The fact that they won as many games as they did and won a playoff game against the best offense in the league is incredible and shows and tells you that if they can yeah. somehow get their shit together up not the on that the yeah, that that the window is still open. Uh, we got to update the update, upgrade the update, upgrade the tight end position. Yeah, of need playmaker. of a playmaker. Hooper, Hooper ain't nothing. I mean, nothing. I not think don't think not can't block that well. We, we need to go get a tight end for sure. A, a real tight end. tight end, a real tight, tight end. end, and I think we got to up, upgrade the three wide receiver as well. Yeah, no, oh, you can still keep Gabriel, but we need get a veteran receiver. in there that just yeah is going to catch that. I'd love to get an Alshon Jeffrey. It's probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but I'd yeah. like to. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's someone out there we can get there. Um, and we got to upgrade the offensive line. I think that's the most important thing to look at in the offseason. I agree with you there, Grambo. Are you going to address any of the uh, haters from the text thread? Yeah, I think I will. Um, <laughs> I'll let you run with this one. Yeah, so there was a lot of, um, especially user Hugo. In fairness, we apologize to everyone. We got a little ahead of ourselves by even talking about the NFC Championship. We're just hypothesizing, though. We should have known better than that. Yeah, but they have, uh, or Hugo especially has specifically blamed us for the Falcons' loss. That, like We had anything to do with it because he's a superstitious individual. Yes. Um. And the fact that he thinks that, being as, uh, as smart as he is, is sad. And I'm sure there's some minute, wait, not Minnesota, Philadelphia podcast, two losers sitting on their couch. They yeah, did the exact, the exact same, same thing. thing. It has no effect on anything. Anything we say, if anyone actually believes that, use your fucking brain. And I'll, I'll actually use this as an example right now. I During the New Orleans Saints game, uh, the home game that we had on Thursday night, I missed the game and recorded it, or my mom recorded it. I went to her place afterwards because I had to do something at night. I went to her place afterwards and we watched the whole thing from like 12 o'clock, like 11.30 p.m. to whatever, 2 in the morning. And uh, the game was already decided at that point by the time we started watching it. You know, it was after the Deion Jones interception. And I said, oh, there's no, my mom's like, there's no way they can come back. And I said, yeah, yeah. you know, as long as Devontae doesn't fumble here, we should be fine. The next play, he fumbles. Mm. The game already happened, so how could I have influenced anything? <laughs> I think he does it just to get on, especially I, under your skin. I hope he does it to point. get under my skin, because then everyone else started joining. They're like, it's 40% Graham's fault. It's, it's worked. It has worked. I've been vulgar and very upset with a lot of people. Yes. And um, I just really sincerely hope for his sake. That he doesn't actually think that we have any control over anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 did look ahead. We did look ahead, but that but I don't think the Falcons looked ahead. Yeah, and we don't have anything to do with the Falcons I. we I talk could t- about I them. I could tell you based off the number of people that listen to this podcast, the entire fifty-three man team <laughs> roster is not listening to it. No. There's, there's just no way we have anything to do with the fact that we're talking about it. is silly, like it's total hogwash. Hogwash is young gay peacock. So, th- so this is like addressing like the Twitter trolls, yeah, that just like want to get a response out of yeah. people. Okay, yeah, pretty much. Um, we should take the high road. Yeah, so we will not be discussing this ever again. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, And um, anything else going on in the world of Atlanta sports? Yeah, I guess we'll take a couple of weeks off of any Falcons talk. Yeah, there's not much to really go over. Wait until off season starts. So see that what? segments over Braves baseball starting up. You got to get excited pitchers and catchers reporting less than a month yeah, now. You get excited for another under five hundred season at uh, SunTrust Park. Probably, but hey, nonetheless, something about spring training. I always get excited. Yeah, I mean but, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's 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 spring is a time of you know rebirth, renewal, uh, hope, and it's been it, such a quiet off season. Like it really has been. Nothing's happened. And I was actually reading something with Alex Anthopoulos, um, and he was still sort of touting the same uh, mantra in the sense that he's like, I'm not ready to make any big decisions. But one, like, of the, one of the reasons they took all that Dodgers money in that trade was almost like it seems like to constrict their ability to make a lot of huge deals or anything like that so that the money would be gone in 2019 so then it's like okay yeah it's time yeah. to go no, they're gonna spend a shit ton of yeah. money that year um and good yeah. uh he also said that acuna is entirely off limits uh in this interview i can't remember who it was with and that he um thinks that acuna will start in the minors in the offseason which i thought was surprising um he wants to give him some more seasoning which i think is Silly. I think they're just going to give him that one month. I hope he'll, it's just he'll a come month. up in May. Yeah, that's that's fine. I expect him to come to spring training and hit three fifty. I'm sure now that I've said that, I'll hit two o four with two home runs. Yeah, because I'm a I control the fate yeah. of the universe. I mean, he could play their hand, and if he just kills it in spring training, then, then right. They got to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see a full year of Ozzy Albies too, and hopefully Dansby turns it around. Mm-hmm. And uh he also said that the starting rotation only has three locks. It's uh Teheran, and Brandon McCarthy. Everyone else is kinda up for up for grabs. Yeah. So you got Max Fried, um Luis Gohara, who has some fucking gas on him, man. People like him a lot. Yeah. And um Colby Allard also might get a look, finally. And Soroka might get a look as well. So um, I'm really excited to watch the pitchers. I think I'm hoping that this is the last year of mediocrity, and the next year, by next year, I mean 2019, we start to really push for uh, playoff berth. We do need to sign a couple bullpen arms before this season starts. I would agree. And bullpen was severely lacking. Yeah. No,
1: uh, at least last no, year. at least
0: no Jimbo Johnson. Good God, where did he go? We know he's go- I don't think anyone signed him. Okay, I pity the poor team that was, takes a chance on him. That was just a straight cut job there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's how we got there. Not a lot has happened in that offseason yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawks, the only thing I wanted to touch on there was apparently from some article I read trading Kent Bazemore is apparently feasible again because he's improved a little bit this year. He's putting up some better numbers. Yeah. And uh, so the one possibility I saw, I, I think this is just some loser like us speculating, <laughs> but... There's at least out there that he could be worth a first-rounder again. So the one that I saw was with uh, Denver, who's trying to get rid of Kenneth Farid's contract. Oh, really? The manimal, trying yep. to get rid of his contract. Take so, Farid? So we take him and a first-rounder for Bazemore. They wouldn't do that. Bazemore's not that good to warrant getting rid of Kenneth Farid. I don't think he's been much of anything in the past couple of years. I guess not this year. Maybe, I don't know. I've hardly kept up in the NBA this year, so I can't really speak yeah. to it. But he used to be a monster. Yeah, he used to be. Yeah, I would do that. That's fine. Hell yeah. Give me I mean, a first-round pick. If you can get a first-rounder, hell yeah, take on money. Denver's not exactly the most competitive team. They might be in the playoff race this year, but I don't I honestly don't know. So we'd probably get a half-decent pick for them, so why, yeah. why fucking not? Maybe Paul Millsap will want to I was about to say, will Paul Millsap back? come back? Well, no. Oh. Yeah, just to team oh, up. To team up, yeah. In Denver, yeah. They should trade us, Kent Bazemore, for Paul Millsap straight up. We already have Kent Bazemore. I mean, trade us, Paul Millsap, for Kent Bazemore straight (laughs) up. (laughs) I don't think that'll happen, Graham. I don't think so. I just missed Paul. Um, But, yeah, that's about that. I I, I do think you and I need to go to Hawks game. Yeah, we will. We we need to discuss Phillips Arena and the changes they've made uh, for all the losers that don't like to actually watch basketball. Like that bar and that top golf experience and uh, the barbershop. Well, we need to see it before we, because we've discussed it a couple times now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We need to go experience it. Yeah. I don't think we can experience the golf thing because we don't have thousands of dollars to blow on club seats. Yeah. We were going to bring uh, user Arthur Roach on to kind of discuss his experience at the Great Anus for the national championship game, but it didn't happen. But I, I was listening to uh, my second favorite podcast today, mm. Joe Rogan Experience. And uh, he had a guest on uh, Tom Segura, hmm. you know him,, mm-hmm. Yeah, comedian, and he was talking about how him and some other one of their comedian friends, Ari Shafir, I think, mm-hmm. went to the national championship game. And he was just talking about how like much of a nightmare getting into that stadium was because of Trump. But apparently Tom Segura paid like a security guard a hundred dollars to like basically drag them through the car, through the crowd to get to the front. Damn. And as you can imagine, they were just getting MF'd. Oh, I'm sure. The entire way. Jesus. But he was just like, yeah, bottom line, I just wasn't going to wait to that line. <laughs> so. well, that's crazy, because it seems like the security there and the people who are scanning the tickets are pretty incompetent. You have that, and then you had um, 6A, the fans shared an amusing story uh, about Hoyt, their sound engineer, who was amazing at his job. i watched him work. Um, He's pretty entertaining, but he, you know, a huge Georgia fan wanted to go to the game. Someone called him and said, I have a ticket for you. He thought it was bullshit. And he said, No, like they didn't scan my ticket. I can send it to you Holy and you can get shit. in. And so he sent it and sent him a picture of the ticket. He got there at like eight o'clock when the traffic had all died down yeah. already and there were no lines anymore and scanned the ticket and got in. Oh so my it's like, God. whoever's probably like a $3,000 ticket. Right. And who, so whoever's organizing shit there. Uh, needs 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 to get their um, needs to get their proverbial together because that's sloppy, man. You're getting bribed with a hundred dollar bill and you're not scanning a ticket for the national championship game? Yeah, lunacy. Yeah, and I mean with this, I mean the Super Bowl next year. That's no joke, man. That's I was talking to some uh, APD officer last week just about all the hours they're having to work for the national championship game. He's like, oh man, this can be nothing compared to the Super Bowl. I guess oh, yeah. Super Bowl is just a completely different level. Because people even, are there for like even than that. a week and a half, yeah. if not longer. So get hopefully the, they get their shit figured out by then. Yeah. Or else we'll embarrass ourselves in another way. Yeah. I, I, I was a little bit proud hearing these guys who like Tom Segura, like not from Atlanta, doesn't know shit about Atlanta, mm-hmm. but he was just like raving about how amazing that stadium is. Sweet. So that's kind of cool to hear. Yep. Like not a sports guy either. Right. But, but anyways. So we got that going. For us, kind of. All right. So did you hear about uh, Central Florida and how they threw themselves a national championship parade? Yeah. That's something we should think about. Like, if we don't have one in the next 20 years, no, let's just throw a fake one. No. I think Uh that's bullshit. You haven't (laughs) earned it. And I get they feel slighted because they're... uh, you know, they went undefeated. But if you put that team in the SEC or ACC or any major conference, they ain't, they ain't going undefeated. They're not even – they're going to the the dominoes.com Tokyo Burrito Bowl. <laughs> well, how about – can we at least do what the Browns did and they threw themselves an 0-16 parade? What if the Hawks end up with the worst record in the league? Can we throw ourselves a worst record in the league parade? We can throw ourselves a – we got in the NBA lottery parade. I would be totally fine with that. Okay. I think that would be fantastic. Let's just do it, like, down on the street down there. That sounds good. It would just be you and me. Yeah. And uh, any users that want to come. Any users that want to come. We'll we'll make that happen. Okay. If we finish with the worst record in the league and get the most lottery balls, we'll have a parade. We could do, like, a worst record in the league, like, bar crawl slash parade. Mostly bar crawl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that sounds fun. Okay. Yeah, we need something to look forward to, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, hope for the the Hawks to... uh, Finish last in the NBA. If we do that, we will invite users all. God, it's, it's, every week it's different. It could be 50, there could be 90, there could be 32. You never, just never know. All you lovely folks out to a bar crawl with yours truly. You think our uh, listeners from, users from Japan will want to come? Oh, totally. If they're not bots. they're not bots. You know, Japan really loves their Atlanta sports. Well, apparently, man. Who knew? Hospitometer soup.